sure you want the rest of it? Dirty Harry Miller. Dirty Harry Miller. Dirty Harry Miller Podcast. Dirty Harry Miller Podcast. Every penny's worth Welcome back to Dirty Harry Minute, a podcast that reviews every minute of the 1971 Warner Brothers classic, Dirty Harry. I'm one of your hosts, John. Uh, Today we are reviewing Minute 45. The minute begins with Harry asking Bressler, Did you count it, Lieutenant? And ends with Harry tearing scotch tape from its dispenser. What did you think of this minute, Chaz? Well, I feel like this is uh, th- th- there's a bit of transport going on during this during this minute. It's a it's a trend it's a transitional minute. I feel a lot of people walking places and and the, the, there's there are so, I've got a lot of unanswered questions from this one. Like the like there's just so much confusion. Like for instance, I mean these are little things, but just like they walk out of this elevator and this cop walks directly into the elevator behind them without looking whether the elevator is looking going up or down. It's just. There's a lot of strange behaviour. That's all I'm saying. They walk, they unlock a door where, where, like, and they walk into a foyer where there's like, a, like the lights are off, even though there's like 20 cops right next to it doing their thing. And his office, the lights already on, even though the door was locked. There's just, it's just a lot of questions raised. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. A bit of a, uh, a transport minute. You got a, a proto walk and talk and. And in the previous minute, Harry was told to come to the Chief's room at 6pm, right? So, if they're meeting Scorpio at 9pm, I wonder why they need a full three hours, Shane, just to... Maybe that's why there's so much walking, they have to fill in time. Now, guys, why do you think the door is locked? All these worker bee cops, I mean, why do they need to lock the door? I don't... Really, no. I, 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 it, it's, it is a little strange that yeah, when you're inside the police off the police station, you need to unlock doors to just go into just a general department. Like it's not like they're going to a safe; they're going into the homicide department where there are twenty police. So it's not like you can pull any funny business. I, I don't understand that. I also don't understand why there's an ashtray in the corridor next to this locked door. Like how much do these guys smoke? They're just walking down the corridor. They need they ashtrays it's um very weird they're water fountains aren't they no it, look, it looks maybe it is. you have to go back and tell me i i, I thought it was an ashtray it's a very small water fountain if it's a water fountain no, oh no i think it's like in a church and you can cross yourself with the holy water <laughs> maybe maybe i i, I just, just just before we go through go, go into this a little bit though i just just back at the at the the chief's office is it, am I the only one who is baffled by the by by that exchange where Dirty Harry says, yeah, "Have you counted out?" And the chief says, "Not my responsibility." When by definition, it is exactly his responsibility. He's the chief. It is literally his responsibility. And then Harry doesn't count it either. No one counts it. Like <laughs> no one gives a stuff. How bad is this police department? <laughs> Well, it's a pretty bad police department when your chief is a ghost. And <laughs> I think the ghost theory here holds up very well because after they both walk off, you, you have the chief saying, just make sure nobody takes it away from you. <laughs> yeah, that's a good call because as, he, as, as we said, the, 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 he's just projecting exactly what's going to happen. So if he wasn't a ghost, people would not let it happen, but they did. So he must be a ghost. I think we're definitely proving that he is a ghost. 
And then he, and then he has yeah. the nerve to say, just make sure nobody takes it away from you. <laughs> yeah, he didn't even care enough to count it. It's, uh, yeah, it, it is really a travesty, this entire department. No one's getting the money. No one's paying any attention. That No one knows whether there's an ashtray or a holy water dispensary outside the homicide department. There are just, there's all kinds of questions to be answered. Actually, you know, I think I've just worked out why he locks the door. Because it is what a urinal, that? and he, he doesn't want the, uh, the the drunks to come and piss in his office, so <laughs> he, ha- he has to lock the door. <laughs> He's learnt the hard way. <laughs> I think this this minute, Tim, it's just good to show that you know, since society in this movie is won't be responsible, like they just throw up their hands and say, "Oh, we don't know what to do about Scorpio." That the person that does have to assume responsibility is going to be ultimately an extremist like Harry, you know. He's the only one stepping up to the plate, as they say in America. Mm. So, interestingly, usually Harry's got a knife in his pocket. For this mission, he straps it to his leg. Anyone uh, oh, yeah. find did- that a bit strange? He's, it, well, look, I just saw it. it just, he's just got it there in his right-hand pocket. <laughs> it's a very casual. <laughs> just while they're chatting about what to do with the money, out comes the knife. Mm. Did he just steal it from the evidence department or just... Is a bit unusual. This is a, yeah, this is a very good question. I was wondering this myself. Exactly how many weapons does Harry carry? I mean, because he's got some massive guns, right? So I would have thought if you have that many massive guns, why do you need a knife? Like, you must be a very bad shot if, if, if having all these guns is not enough to stop whatever you're trying to stop. But apparently, yeah, he carries knives as well. I'm wondering, does he have nunchuckers? Like, how many weapons does this guy have? <laughs> In his top pocket, yeah. That's not a knife. Scotch tape doesn't look very um, secure. <laughs> if, if I was, if I was yeah, going to strap something on I notice he's pre-shaved his leg hairs so he can use the scotch tape without killing himself. Oh. Maybe Danny Harry's a cyclist. Maybe that's what we've learned from this minute. <laughs> yeah. Do you think it's odd that all those people who are just busy workers, police bees at eight, you know, at six PM at night with a lock behind a locked door, Shane? No, they've got a, a big mission, like they've got a manhunt. This seems like the busiest time of year. <laughs> right? No, you got to get right on that. you got to work overtime and I know they don't pay right. you, but... And Bristol locks them in to make sure they don't get out. <laughs> yeah. That's right. They're locked in. They can't get out. <laughs> Although I'm, I think I'm starting to understand why San Francisco doesn't have $1.2 million and it's, it has so much trouble raising this money. It's because they spend so much on the overtime for their police department. That's the reason why. Slave labor. That's where the money's gone. <laughs> Does it resemble any of your chaser, you know, blue skies, insight mining rooms, Chaz? You know, you're locked in there in the dark, come out, wait till you come out for a good gag? Look, it, it, I wouldn't say that the San Francisco Police Department resembles the chaser right in the <laughs> room too much, but having people locked in to make them work, that does resemble the chaser right in the room. So, yeah, that, 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 that does ring bells. Oh, uh, uh, Chaz, I was meaning to ask you... Um, Tim, the original Tim here, was born, I think, in Eastwood. He lives in Victoria now full time. But what, what, really? sort of, what sort of suburb is Eastwood these days in Sydney? Well, look, 
Look, it's a pretty well-to-do place, but there is, there are things they have in common with Clint. I mean, they do they do all play by their own rules uh-huh. and they never go by the book. <laughs> so, so they have that in common. I, I, I haven't been to Eastwood Library, but I have a suspicion there are no books in Eastwood Library because no, no one goes by the book there. But the uh, look, it is it is a pretty it's kind of an upmarket place to be honest. I don't think I think Clint would be a little bit disappointed that about the suburb that's named after him. It's not very dirty, Harry. <laughs> Well, it's probably a bit like how San Francisco has become a million-dollar million paradise now. Yeah, I, I, I did actually look up, look up whether there was a Harry Street, though, just in case, and there is a Harrison Avenue, which is kind of <laughs> close. I'm not sure it's close enough. <laughs> now, as we're passing through the dark room here, um, why does Harry pause? What's he doing there? Is he doing up his fly? I'm just, <laughs> I mean, I can't... I can't think what else it might be, but there's a, there's a, there's very much a looking down and a he's just dropping the bag fumbling. down. Do you think, Chaz? Hmm. No. Well, ah, yes. well, he walks in with the bag. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I think maybe maybe Harry was just just absorbing the 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 extreme frustration that the <laughs> that the wrestler dropped his keys down with. Like, you know, like I thought it was, I, I thought that was Oscar worthy myself. That was very emotional and I, I felt the frustration from Bressler when he when he threw down those keys. Maybe he was just frustrated having to unlock his own office door to get in. But the, but there was a lot of frustration there I felt. Maybe Harry was just taking that in. <laughs> uh, you like this this minute Shane? Um, sure, yeah, this is all right. We get to see how the sausage is made behind the locked door of the homicide um, rooms and um, we get to see Harry's knife, which is obviously going to come out at some point later on. And um, we get to see part of his legs, which is quite nice as well. <laughs> Nicely clean shaven. <laughs> I, I just also noticed that when Harry um, brings out the, uh, the little blade, I think for a second Bressler thinks he's going to be attacked. You look at the expression on his face. Once again, yeah. Chaz, in, the, in this movie, Chaz, there's always people commenting on Harry's choice of weapon. You know, it's disgusting. You should know how to use this. Um, earlier on, the chief talks about the, you know, the elephant gun that he has. And everyone feels the need, maybe because they're all, you know, they're all behind the desk. Their stomachs have been let out. And they remember the days when they were on the street having to make these life decisions. And they all feel the need to comment on Harry's choice of gun or weapon. Yeah, I, I, I do find that a little... I mean, okay, I understand the elephant gun aspect, but, yeah. like, I, I, we're skipping ahead to the next minute a little bit here when we're talking about this, but I, I find it I find it strange that that Bressler is so disturbed by someone having a knife. I yeah. mean, this, this is the police department. Is it really that strange that someone knows how to use a knife? I mean, chefs use knives. It's not really that difficult to... Like, it's not like... Well, it's not an, this is not an exotic weapon. This is not like a mace or something. It's just a knife. Like, I would have thought guns are more extreme than knives, and all the cops have them. So yeah. I, I feel like this is one of those moments when... Being, being surprised, taken aback by one of Harry's weapons makes no sense at all. Unless the reason he was taken aback was because he was like, hang on, you got a knife? What a piss-weak weapon. <laughs> Maybe that's why he was taken aback. And I guess the, um, the fact it's a flip knife, you know, that matters. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it would still look more surprising to see Dirty Harry just pull a full-on, you know, non-flick kind of knife, like a cleaver out. Um, so, yeah, I mean... There's, yeah. a, there's a degree of responsibility in having a flick knife in your uh, right-hand pocket, I think, when you're in a police station, just to keep that packed away. 
Is the implication sort of though that the switchblade is the weapon of the underclass or you know sure the hoods? Is. You know, yeah, you bet. Yeah. It's yeah. Code dog whistles. Do you do you like the character Chaz? Do you like the character of uh, Bressler? No, no, I don't like the character of Bressler at all. I feel like Bressler is a is a force of negativity. <laughs> whether he's yeah. whether he's sneering at Harry's use of weapon, or he's perving at photos, or he's <laughs> or he's 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 taking orders, even though he doesn't agree with the orders. Yeah. Or like he, where he's brown nosing the, the the mayor, like he just seems to. He, he is a force of negativity from beginning to end. I don't think he adds anything good, and I wouldn't be surprised. If deep down Dirty Harry doesn't want to murder him, and I think the movie might have been better if he had. <laughs> it might be complicated. We we thought maybe in in the beginning uh, minutes of the the podcast, Chaz, that they were probably friends or they came up through the academy at the same time. And Harry, yeah, Bressel was a, just a bit more compliable and a bit more, you know, and he sort of was promoted above Harry. Yeah, because sometimes he calls him Owl, and sometimes he just calls him Lieutenant when the chief's around. But it's funny, he's, I love how he's, he's walking Harry through and he says, you know, you probably, he'll probably get you to run all over town, you know, just do what you're told, like I'm telling you now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, 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 he's one of, this is one of many times when people predict exactly what is going to happen yeah. in the movie. He'll run you around town. And no one, no one learns from it. No one prepares for it. You think basic preparation, if everyone knows what's about to happen, you think they wouldn't be surprised when it happens. And yet they are. So it's, a, it's an interesting element. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. God knows how he'll contact you. He'll probably run you all over town. <laughs> Probable. Mm. <laughs> and don't go in tunnels. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, you know, do you think Shane Clint's just acting up? Well, he's not. He's got his stoic... Uh, monosyllabic answers Yeah, yeah, yeah No, he's just cruising through these scenes He doesn't have any like long monologues or anything And it's just, he can do a lot with a look So he's just acting you know, with his body language And that's about it, that's all we see Now Chaz, I, Chaz, I haven't seen The Gauntlet for many years I'm going to check it out again <laughs> um, Oh, you really should It's quite funny, is it? So bad it's good it, type it, funny? Yeah, yeah, no, very much so. It's, it's, it, it, like it literally, it, like the ending is just, it, it builds, there's a lot of attempted repartee, like, you know, there's the, a the little bit of repartee in Dirty Harry, but it's, it's pretty restrained repartee. The, the gauntlet is filled with wisecracking for a start, and it's, yeah, it's 70s wisecracking. They hadn't quite learned how to wisecrack at that point in time. <laughs> but then on top of that, they, they clearly, it clearly came after a lot of sort of Clint Eastwood-style action movies, and so they were trying to top it off. And so the way they topped it off was this ridiculous sequence at the end where they were trying to get as... Like, they're going, okay, you've seen bombs, you've seen guns, you've seen shootouts, we're going to escalate beyond all of this. And literally, they had... Like, the, the name The Gauntlet refers to a situation where... There was literally every single bit of firepower in the city on one the particular bus. stretch yeah. of road. And it's just, it's just so stupid. This would never happen in the real world. It's, um, yeah, you got to see it for yourself. you got, you got to do a, you got to do a very, very lengthy podcast on it, I feel. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> second by second, I feel, rather than minute by minute. <laughs> that, that sounds about as good as the, uh, the gauntlet from that TV show Gladiators. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Look, nothing's that good. It's almost (laughs) as good as that. Well, Chaz, if you were to do a movie by minute, which movie would you pick? 
Oh, that's a good question. Um, I... I don't know if you guys ever heard of Mac and Me. Have you ever heard of Mac oh, and Me? Oh, yeah, the E.T. rip-off type thing, the, sponsored by yes, McDonald's. Yes, yes, exactly. It's an E.T. rip-off, which McDonald's sponsored. And so it's, yeah, it's, it's basically, it's practically set inside the McDonald's. And um, <laughs> it's, um, it is a very, very funny movie. Like, as far as you like bad movies, and I really like bad movies, it, um yeah, it's you could real you could really break that one down. Let me tell you, that's a minute my minute waiting to happen. And if you were non-ironical, like what would you pick as your favourite movie? You know, what's your favourite? Oh, okay. Um, I I really I t- this is this this might sound a bit weird, but my, I think my favourite movie might be Eternal Sunshine: The Spotless Mind. Great choice. I reckon that's um, good choice. That's yeah. a really really good movie. Like it just it's just really well thought thought through and. And just yeah, and the usual kind of Charlie Kaufman, extremely complicated. But yeah, that works for me. I also like I also like Fight Club a lot. And, yep. Uh, yeah, I think probably one of those two would be my two faves at time. Good picks. You'd probably have to get a maybe a, a few philosophical philosophy philosophy majors, I suppose, for Eternal Sunshine. Well, I, it, like the, the only reason I understood either of those movies was because I um, I studied sociology after I saw Chico graduated <laughs> <laughs> with a sociology degree. So yeah, so that, that, that helped me in good stead to appreciate some of these movies. <laughs> well, that's pretty much all I have for this minute, guys. Tim, did you? Hmm. Tim one, Tim two. No. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I got nothing left on this minute. I feel, I, I honestly, I don't want to, I don't want to be, I don't want to be like Bressler, a, a force for negativity. But I feel like this isn't, this isn't the best minute from Dirty Harry. So I'm, I'm ready to move on to the next one. We've yeah. seen better minutes. Mm. All right, well, uh, I'll bring this minute to a close and we'll catch you next time. Chaz, you'll join us for the next? I will. Oh, yeah. We'll catch you next time on Dirty Dirty Harry Minute.